This is the Build Your Path podcast, where we explore how people get into their careers in the built environment. Today's guest is Christina Hum. Christina is one of our four scholarship winners at this year's Pathway Awards and is an electrical apprentice at TEI Electrical Solutions. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by CapEx Advisory Group. Build with confidence. Welcome on into the Build Your Path podcast. I am your host, Matthew Pine, and my guest today is... Christina Hum with TEI. Christina, uh, welcome to the show. Appreciate having you. No problem. Thank you for having me. Christina was one of our four scholarship winners for this year's Pathway Awards, um, so we're glad to have her on the podcast. Uh, So, Christina, give us an introduction, uh, who you are and who you work for. I am an electrical apprentice. I work for TEI Electrical Solutions. I didn't originally start doing this. I actually started um, teaching middle school science. Got my um, bachelor's in um, biology at Towson and taught for about um, three years and some change. So almost three and a half. So what got you interested in going into the trades? It was, it's a little bit of a long story, um, Mm -hmm. but essentially um, uh, teaching wasn't really working out because of, um, I guess I just kind of got a little bit unlucky. And um, while I was trying to find a job with my biology degree, I couldn't find anything that paid me a reasonable amount of money. um, And everything required me to get at least a master's and most of the time they wanted a PhD. They didn't really care that I had a bachelor of science in biology. So um, while I was looking for jobs, I started working for DRD Pool Management, which is a pool company that I had gone back to numerous times. I started working for them when I was 15 mm-hmm. um, in the summer as a lifeguard. And then uh, I realized from working on their tech team on their um like basically their construction crew that I really liked plumbing and I really liked manual labor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I also, that job was insane. It was um, probably 12 to 14 hours a day and we didn't have good tools because it wasn't a big commercial construction company. It was a pool company that also did some construction. So I was digging trenches like constantly. I dig. I think one day I dug for like eight hours. That's all I did. And there was another day I was just on my hands and knees with like a pickaxe um, digging through roots for 10 hours. So I busted up a lot of concrete. I've mixed and poured concrete by hand. And so uh, my boyfriend told me that, you know, if I wanted to do construction, it was pretty clear that I would be able to put up with whatever labor might be required for a commercial company. Um, and suggested that with my technical background and, you know, just the interest that I have in um, the sciences in general, the electricity might be more um, my speed if I wanted to go into the trade. So I just decided to, you know, <laughs> give it a shot. Yeah, it's great. Um, I, this is a question that I ask a lot of our guests um, about mentoring. Has mentoring been an important part of your life? either being mentored yourself or mentoring others. Yeah, it's been a huge part of my life. Um, I grew up playing sports um, all the way up till I was like 
went 27 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, when I got to college, I started, um, I was playing ultimate Frisbee. And mm-hmm. on the ultimate Frisbee team, there's there's not a lot of people who go out and play ultimate Frisbee. Maybe now there is, but there wasn't um, as much when I, when I first started. And because there were so many people who had never even played a sport before, there was a lot of mentoring in that. So I got a lot of experience um, teaching people in a team situation, um, not only how to play a sport, but also to be good competitors and be good to their teammates and things like that. And then of course with teaching mentoring is, you know, goes hand in hand. Um, And I mean, I always, I didn't realize it, but I always, I, I, I really enjoy mentoring and I guess it, wasn't a position I necessarily um, chose to be in all the time with teaching. Obviously, I knew what I was doing in terms of choosing a mentoring position. But in my extracurriculars and then, you know, after teaching, a lot of the placement that I had in jobs, I ended up mentoring. So as a lifeguard, like as a manager, I was mentoring a lot of kids. Um, I, I managed a really, really big pool. And it had like 33 basically high school age kids and the job along with keeping kids and and you know adults swimming at the pool safe uh, was basically mentoring kids helping them understand you know how to be productive members of society Mm -hmm. and now um I kind of joke with people and say that I'm a teacher acting as an electrician. So when I go to work every day, I'm not really, I'm not mentoring my, my mentor. Um, even though sometimes it feels like maybe I am teaching him something because he is a little bit hard headed sometimes, but then, <laughs> you know, there's also some of the newer apprentices and I even, I had someone today, they said, Oh, you're an electrician. And I said, yeah. Oh, wow. We don't really see, you really see a lot of female electricians, you know, mm-hmm. that's, you know, not typical. And I was like, that's funny. I hear that a lot. And I right. think sometimes just going to work and like just doing my job, just mm-hmm. being a regular person is a way to show people, you know, it's not that weird that there's a woman there. So I guess in some right. ways it's a bit of a, you know, at least that's how I like to think of it that way. It makes it easier sometimes when work can get a little frustrating, but yeah. I bet that's a good that's a good outlook on it. Um, I wanted to ask you this because I know you, you just mentioned working, you know, eight, 10, 12 hour days of manual labor. Um, I was going through some of your essay questions on your um, scholarship application, and I was curious, where do you draw your work ethic from? It's funny because I don't really know where it started, per se. I just from a really young age. I had really, really high standards. I can remember, I think maybe my parents had something to do with it because I know, like I said, I grew up playing sports. I played soccer competitively for a long time. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember I just wanted my dad to tell me I did a good job. Right. You know? And he would sometimes be like, oh, you were kind of, you know, dogging it out there. You weren't really. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, man, geez. And it wasn't like really critical. It was right. just like, you know, I was trying to be competitive, so my dad gave me feedback. I was like, all right, well, you know, I mean, he's going to tell me every time that I played the hardest that I could ever play. I didn't necessarily do anything good. 
every game, but it was like, did I bust my butt? Did I really make sure that I, I left every single thing on the field? And that translated into everything else in my life. Like, mm-hmm. absolutely. If And if someone said, hey, we need this done, and I would make sure it got done because someone asked me. It, it was very just kind of cut and dry. You know, this needs to happen. And, you know, I don't like to rely on others too much. If something needs to get done, then it just needs to get done. And yeah. I guess also just I'm constantly, my brain doesn't really ever shut off. <laughs> constantly thinking and trying to improve. And I just think it's been a combination of like a lot of things. Um, so I know you just talked about this, but were there any other skills from teaching um, that have transferred to your career path now? Yeah, definitely. I would say communication is the number one. Um, a lot of people, uh, when they think of the trades, especially if they're considering doing a, a job in the trades, they think, well, the skills you need are technical or require some amount of strength or um, or a knowledge base, right? It's like, I didn't, I mean, ele- electricity is not something you should joke around with, really. I mean, that's pretty dangerous. Hmm. Um, so <clears throat> going into the trades, people don't consider how crucial communication is. I think hmm. it's of the utmost importance and as a teacher really if you boil down what teaching is it's just communicating effectively to a large group um and specifically having to be able to communicate effectively with various different types of people Mm -hmm. um not just students in your classroom right you also have the parents you have the administrators um just across the board. So I had a lot of time where all I was doing was just trying to communicate effectively. So when I went into the trades, it's important to understand exactly what someone is asking you to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if not, you'll have miscommunications and something can go wrong. For example, the other day I asked my supervisor, hey, this screw will not go into this box. And it's frustrating me. And he said, okay, well, drive the screw up all the way, take it back out, and then and then put it up, clean the threads out. So I did exactly what he said. Mm-hmm. But what he meant to say was use the screws that originally came with the box because they're self-tapping <laughs> screws and drive those all the way up and then take those all the way out and then use the screws that you're going to set box with right in so because of the miscommunication i ended up stripping out the screw right behind the screw head and it was a nightmare to get out um and that wasn't dangerous but um it's a perfect example of a you know split second if you could just take another time you know another moment to consider what did the person ask what exactly did they need to know um you know, so I do the best I can to try and not only en- encourage myself to communicate effectively, but others, because yeah. it makes a huge difference. Yeah, we've heard a lot, too, from either, you know, apprentices or people just starting out. Um, 
some of them may be unsure of themselves or afraid to ask questions. So definitely ask questions. Don't be afraid to communicate. I think it's a really uh, a point well taken. Um, and then we also heard from you during the Pathway Awards. You had sent in a pre-recorded message. Um, but for those who did not see the Pathway Awards, what does the scholarship you uh, were given, what does that mean to you? Well, um, it means a lot to me. Uh, the fact that it's even available um, was amazing that I even found out about it. Um, and um, changing careers um, was mm -hmm. incredibly expensive. <laughs> right. Um, I didn't make a lot of money as a teacher. Mm -hmm. um, and it was actually about a $20,000 pay cut right. to do what I'm doing now. Um, so the fact that this even exists, I had no idea, you know, like mm -hmm. I know of scholarships for college, but, um, mm -hmm. my stepmom actually emailed this one to me and told me about it. Um, and tools are very expensive. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> and right. also women's clothes for the trades are just virtually non-existent mm -hmm. or, an outrageous price tag. I've, I've tried a couple different brands that are, you know, specific to women's bodies or whatever, and they just do not work. They either don't fit, and I do the best I can to make sure I accurately get something for my dimensions, or they just degrade so rapidly that it, you know, I just spent almost $100 for something that lasted me like three months. Yeah. It's totally absurd. And, um, I don't mind wearing men's pants. I mean, I'm not out. It's not a fashion show, but <laughs> it is kind of nice to, you know, like feel yeah. a little bit like yourself, you know, mm -hmm. when you For go sure. to work. So, um, yeah, yeah it's going to help me a lot. Um, I, I really appreciate it. I I think I cried when I found oh. out that I got it. Yeah, it's like a huge <laughs> thing for me. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And then I wanted to wrap this one up with a question. We actually just put out a video specifically for apprenticeships, mm -hmm. giving a background, um, taking through a day in the life, all that. What do uh, you think apprenticeships, why do you think they're so valuable? One of the first things that comes to mind, at least from what I understand about most of the apprentices, apprenticeships that I know about is that it's like an earn while you learn situation. Mm -hmm. yep. um, so it's a, great way to not accrue debt <laughs> while right. you're learning um, an invaluable skill. I mean, um, no. once I learn the skills that I learn, no one can take them from me. And yep. the beautiful thing about the apprenticeship is that because you're learning from you know, people before you, even when school is over, you can still turn to those same people who helped you when you were an apprentice that were teaching you the skills that you needed and they're still going to help you right it's not like well oh you are you're on your own you should know now they're still going to see you as an apprentice i mean hopefully they'd give you the respect that you deserve but you know someone who helped mentor you there's a relationship there where they're going to say oh right i mean this person's still learning so let me like help them out whereas i feel like with college, for example, you get your degree and then you go out in the world and they go, well, why don't you know this? Well, I didn't learn that yet. I don't really know what you want me to say. I mean, right. I was in a classroom for five years and then I came out here and 
I was expecting that I'd get some mentorship because really every job that you get, even when you graduate with a degree and you go to a new place, they, they're going to train you, which is really mentoring, right? Mm -hmm. It's just they do it. It's less personal. Right, right. <laughs> but, but it's also because of the apprentice and the journeyman, you know, or I guess mentor, mentee um, idea, it builds relationships in the community, which is stronger mm -hmm. than, I don't know, some of the other... I mean, I've had a handful of jobs now, um, and I don't know. It just feels like people really have your back more on a construction site, which kind of seems, I don't know, maybe a little weird. Maybe it's because of the sites I'm on, you know, but I, I talk to people, so everyone's got each other's back. I think part of that is because of the apprenticeship situation. Yeah, it's interesting. I know you mentioned, you know, playing sports most of your life. I'm sure some of that camaraderie is very similar to um, what you're going through now. So um, really great to hear. Uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Christina. I think your uh, your perspective was definitely a wealth of knowledge and we appreciate it. No problem. Thank you so much. And thank you to everyone for your um, funds <laughs> to help support me in my career. Appreciate yeah, it. Absolutely. Thanks again. If you want to learn more about Build Your Path podcast or the built environment overall, go ahead and visit buildyourpath.org. Another big thank you to our guest, Christina Hum from TEI Electrical Solutions. Once again, this episode was brought to you by CapX Advisory Group. Build Your Path podcasts are produced by the Maryland Center for Construction, Education, and Innovation. I'm Matt Pine. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.